This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Dancing Jaguar's Spirit Camp was created to help children connect to their inner world. By doing that, children start learning at an incredibly young age that, as human beings, we are made up of mind, body, and spirit. And all three of those aspects need to be nurtured and cared for so we can grow up to become healthy adults. By doing this work with children, Ava Goulet feels that there will be a shift in child development. This is an element of child development that we have not seen that much, because there is so much focus on children's minds and bodies, and until very recently, not much focus on nurturing the essence of who they are. It's amazing to see the incredible impact Spirit Camp has on the lives of children. All of a sudden, they are learning that there is a whole world inside of them that they can connect with and help keep themselves healthy and whole. Ava feels hopeful that we are creating a global movement that is empowering children with a knowledge that has not typically been shared with them. It is our hope that they will grow into adults who possess a level of self-awareness that will bring in a new level of compassion and respect for themselves, their families, the communities, and the world. The world is ready, and the children are waiting. Valeria Telles interviews Ava Goulet, the author of Soul Mission, Leaders Ushering in the New Earth. Ava Goulet is the founder of Dancing Jaguars Spirit Camp, a program created to teach children the importance of balance between mind, body, and spirit. To reach as many children as possible, Ava shares her specialized spirit camp curriculum with adults through her spirit camp teacher training program. Her mission is to empower and inspire the children of today so that they can create the world of tomorrow, a world where all of us will thrive. She loves seeing children connect to their inner wisdom, as they discover they're connected to all that is. Her love of children and spiritual modalities combine to empower children with hands-on training to become peaceful warriors raising the vibration and consciousness of our planet. Ava believes the children are the ones ushering in the new earth. She is simply providing the roadmap that enables them to discover their authentic self and to let their spirit soar. Meet Ava at DancingJaguarInspirations.com Here's the interview with Ava Goulet. In your own words, who is Ava Goulet? Well, Ava Goulet is uh, a daughter, um, a friend, 
a teacher. And as I discovered more in my older adult years, um, a spirit having a human experience. And my passion is to introduce children to that concept. How did you discover that yourself, that you were a spirit having a human experience? As I was recovering from a traumatic brain injury, I started having experiences that were um, a little different for me. I was experiencing life in a new way where I was experiencing kind of a unity consciousness connecting with all that is. And then I started receiving messages about this, about curriculum that um, needed to be shared with children in the world. And um, at first I thought that was just symptoms of the traumatic brain injury that I had experienced. And then over time, I started realizing that I have a direct connection to spirit on the other side of the veil and that I was being asked if I would be the the vessel that could channel this work forward for the children on the planet. I would like to ask you the question about channeling being this connection with a specific entity, spiritual entity, or it's open to all entities? Okay, well, channeling for me is when um, my body, my mind is being, like my ego is being set aside so that information can come to me from another dimension. And when this first started happening for me, it was happening always at 3.20 a.m. And I would just open my eyes and re realize that I had received a complete download of information about the importance of the children on our planet, understanding that we are all spirits having a human experience and that children for the most part, are not taught about this mind-body-spirit connection. We usually are dealing with helping children understand or nurture their minds and their bodies. And the information that I was being given at 3.20 a.m. was embracing a new way of looking at child development. And so I, I started understanding that I was being asked to be a channel, like a vessel for this information to come through. And I have really no control over it. It is still even five years later coming through at 3.20 in the morning, not every night, but you know, I might go a few months at a time before I get another download, but it's always specifically at the same time for me. Did you ever find a source for that information? No, I actually don't have a name, but I feel like it's a collective. It's a collective group of spirits or entities who are on the other side of the veil and want to, um, they're here to help. And I am just somebody who said yes when I was asked if I would be, um, if I would allow them to channel through me. and. They also asked if I would be willing to be the face and the voice of this work. And all they would ask of me is to have the courage to walk through the doors that they'll open on my behalf. 
for the children of the world. <laughs> I love that. This vision in this work, the work that you're doing. Thank you for being open to it. Yeah, and and I feel like that that the brain injury that I sustained, I think that was really necessary for my brain to kind of be calibrated right, right. to that frequency that would allow them to be able to have this direct connection with me. Yeah, that resonates true to me because we are confined with these uh, limited ideas of who we are with uh, this perfect brain we have, uh, quote unquote, and then we don't have access to this larger reality or the the spirit, collective spirit that you speak of, because we are too focused in this limited reality that we have created for ourselves. That's what it, it seems to me that that is. Intuition and channeling, is that the same thing or somehow connected? I don't, they're not the same thing for me. Right. Um, I can only speak about my experience, but to me, channeling is when I get out of the way and information comes through me like it does at 3.20 in the morning. I'm sound asleep yeah. when that information comes to me. So I yeah. feel like there's no ego involved and mm -hmm. the information is just coming into my being. And it's a full body knowledge that I receive. It's not like I'm um, needing to sit up and write it down as if it were a dream and I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. Yeah. It doesn't come in like that at all. It comes in as a full body knowing. So I, my experience is just opening my eyes and kind of having an aha moment. Oh, yes, that's what this means. And wow. I, I don't have to worry about writing it down or remembering it because it's in like every cell of my being at that moment in time. And it stays with me. But for intuition, for me, that's a knowingness that comes when I am in my awake state. And for me, my intuition is a knowingness in my body. And it's Something that um, for me, the center of that is in my solar plexus, um, like in my abdomen for people who aren't familiar with uh, the term I'm using for a chakra center that's right over our abdomen. Yeah. For me, the knowingness sits right there. And it's like having an aha moment and I just understand the message that I just received or the sensation that I've experienced in my body. I'm able to make a connection that is outside the limitations of my normal five senses that I would be receiving information in. It's, it's like my sixth sense. And yeah, and for me, the seat of that intuition is in my um, solar plexus where I get that aha moment and feeling. Yeah, I never heard it this way before. This is a, a different perspective. So channeling, the ego is not involved. It's not there. And with intuition, from what I understand from what you just said, it seems to me like the it's working within the ego structure still. Well, I am fully awake, but so I guess my ego is intact, but I, I'm not holding on to my ego. Like, like I'm not judging what the information is that I'm receiving when I'm talking about um, being connected to my intuition or receiving information or having an intuitive hit. I'm just accepting it for what it is and not judging it. Is that possible to navigate this reality without judging? And is there such a thing as practical and functional judgment only? Can we live in such a way? 
with functional judgment? I'm not yeah, sure. Could practical, you yeah, a bit? practical judgment in the sense of, uh, you know, we don't cross the street when the sign is red. We're not supposed to cross it. The cars are going by. So this is a form of judgment. Would you say, would you use a different word? Discernment? Or? I, would, I was just going to say discernment. Yes, nice. we're on the exact same path with um, finding our way to that word. Um, I think discernment for me is um, an important um, tool that I need to bring into my life as much as possible so that I'm not um, holding on to judgment with my ego, mm -hmm, right. but I can right. set my ego aside and discern what the truth is for my reality in whatever experience I'm looking at. So for me, judgment is always being called into question and I'm always needing to try to shift gears from judgment into discernment. So I, I feel like I can be more objective and um, have a more honest take on the situation if I am in discernment as opposed to judgment. I love this idea. Another beautiful vision that we can live in such a way. Is this a practice, would you say, or an understanding that stays with us? I think it starts as an understanding, but it becomes a practice because mm, right. in my normal everyday human experience, I have ample opportunities to jump to judgment rather quickly. Yeah. So it becomes part of my daily practice to be able to recognize when someone cuts me off in traffic that I can yeah, right. be really judgmental and critical about that, or I can just discern that, hmm, maybe there's something up ahead that I, you know, needed to be slowed down and prevented from coming into or something, you know, it gives me an opportunity to reframe something that is going on in my reality at the time. Mm, yes. And that what comes to mind is a, a situation like um, unkind situations we sometimes uh, witness, let's say people uh, being aggressive or violent toward anyone, especially children. In this case, um, what is the best way to, yeah, what do we do? Because automatically we'll judge that as a, as a bad situation or something not to do and emotions might arise even. Yeah, so how do we navigate through emotions? I mean, they just arise so fast. We get angry even seeing people hurt others, innocents like animals or children. Gosh, there are a couple of different ways I could go with this because yeah. for me, it's always important for me to honor the emotions that I'm experiencing. Yeah. And then I have tools that I use for me personally to be able to navigate them and heal them, move them, shift the energy in my body wherever the emotions are sitting at the time. Right. Um, in my physical body. And when it comes to children, um, I try to introduce different techniques to children. I, we, we create what we call their spirit toolbox or their wisdom toolbox. And one of them is learning how to protect themselves energetically when they're involved in a situation where they are either experiencing something unkind being done to them or said to them, or they are witnessing it in others. So we bring in tools for them uh, to help them protect themselves energetically as well as spiritually. 
So the tools that I use as an adult and many adults who are on the spiritual path and, you know, just a bubble of protection, for example, why aren't these tools being taught to children? Because they can understand that concept just as well as we can. And it ends up empowering them to be able to take care of themselves. Could I share one Mm. short little story about a five-year-old child? Okay. This child Um, came to spirit camp one summer and in the fall she was starting kindergarten and was going to be going to school full days and on the bus so it was a huge change for her and her mom because they had been together forever (laughs) and um One day the child was missing her mom at lunch and she started crying and some of the older children started teasing her. So when she got home off the bus and she was talking to her mom about her day, um, she shared that with her mom and it broke her mom's heart. And her mom said, how did you handle that? And she said, mom, I was fine. I know how to shield myself. I zipped up my chakras. So that's to me, that is such a perfect example of how empowering this wisdom toolbox for children can be, because if they have the opportunity to discern when they need extra help in life and there isn't an adult right there that they can go to, they've got their own toolbox of information that they've learned and they can pull it out as they need it so they have an overflowing wisdom toolbox to access whenever they need it when they finish this program what an important message to all of us it's learning to take responsibility for our own emotions our everything our energetic body our physical body everything that's our responsibility so you're teaching children to do just that yes Absolutely. And there's so many stories about experiences children have had like that one, you know, comparable to that one that um, I'm putting together in a book because this information is so important for those of us who are awake and conscious and understanding that there's a huge shift taking place in our world. Um, It's really important that we provide children with these tools because they're a huge part of this shift in consciousness. What is your understanding or definition of spirituality these days? I, I guess for me, I've always looked at spirituality as kind of like the umbrella head that kind of encompasses religions. I see religions as institutionalized belief systems with dogma where people are are kind of told what to believe or how to believe or how to worship or what God is. And, and, but to me that there are some universal truths in all of them. And if we just took away all of that dogma and um, just came down to experiencing those, those universal truths, that to me is what spirituality is. It, it gets above the the man-made institutionalized belief systems that kind of get us trapped into thinking certain ways. So for me, spirituality is a freedom of the way that I think in terms of my beliefs and how I connect to spirit and how I celebrate and worship spirit in my life. 
So I think for me, spirituality is just much more expansive than what I define religion as. Does that make sense? Liberation, freedom, what would that be? What would that look like to be liberated, if you can describe that? Well, I think for me, being liberated would mean just having the ability and the freedom to be who I am, to be authentic, to be true to who I am, and to be able to express that in the world without any fear of retribution or condemnation. I think to me, that's what freedom and liberation is, just Yep, the freedom to be me. And my last warm-up question is about the purpose of the human experience. What do you think or feel that is? Why are we here? Mm, Well, to learn, to grow, to expand our consciousness, um, and to learn how to love unconditionally. I think that's the big one for me. And why I believe I'm here is to take this human experience where there's so much duality in everything and finding the truth and and that love is all and that that is the most important thing that is what connects us all and that we are all one and we are all having this human experience at the same time and yeah, I think just just making understanding that it it's all about love. Yeah. And I love that you use the word unconditional before love. This mm-hmm. is a, a topic or an idea that I'm exploring more myself and here on the podcast. When I think about unconditional love, I think about this reality being perfect the way it is. Or ourselves, where we are, everything that's happening is just... Um, perfect. I mean, it's chaos, but at the same time, it's perfection. Would that resonate to you as unconditional love or unconditional acceptance of what is? Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, yeah, this is a big one. Wow. Well, unconditional love is something that I feel like I'm struggling with all the time because I do live in the duality of chaos and perfection. So, so for me, like I have not even come close to understanding and experiencing and owning unconditional love. It is something that I am trying to embrace and learn and experience on a daily basis. Yeah. So I understand the concept of unconditional love, but for me, it's really hard to experience it within the duality and the chaos of Mm. the life that I am living as this spirit in a human body. So you wrote the book. Actually, you are one of the authors of the book, Soul Mission, Leaders Ushering in the New Earth. Talk to me about the inspiration and intention to be part of this project. Well, the publisher reached out to me having heard about the work that I do with children and asked if I would be interested in submitting a chapter for the book, which is about people who are bringing forward new ways of thinking, new ways of being into, um, into the world right now. And I really felt like it was a good fit for the mission that I am on. 
to bring this curriculum forward for the children of the planet because I do feel like the children are the ones who will be creating the new earth. And I feel like the um, the curriculum that I have been channeling and have been gifted to bring forward for the children is just like the roadmap for them to follow, but they are the ones that will actually be ushering in the new earth. So you created the... Uh it's not a project. This is a foundation, right? If, is that a foundation, the Dancing Jaguar Spirit Camp? Uh, it's not a foundation. It's a, it's a privately owned company. Yeah. So you have created that and for children, to teach children to reconnect, to connect with intuition, with their own selves, go back, return or uh, cultivate uh, who they already are. So I'm wondering if this also speaks to us, the children in each one of us. Absolutely. I've had so many adults come to me and say, I wish I had had an experience like this yeah. when I was yeah. a child. Yeah. Or yeah. parents coming to me and saying, um, I needed this as a child, so I'm signing my child up for this. And I realized I had so many parents who wanted to learn the material with their children that I started opening up spirit camp for those parents who are willing, not willing, um, able to attend with their child were invited to do so. And that ended up turning into me also offering spirit camp for adults. Wow. So I could have a separate experience for those adults who wanted to attend spirit camp. And I really encourage the inner children to come forward and to participate in the camp. And holy cow, there are so many really beautiful healing experiences that happen for adults as they experience spirit camp from an inner child's perspective. Yeah. And then... From that also came a spirit camp for teens yeah. and the spirit camp teacher training program. And when I teach other adults how to teach this material, I teach it in a way that um, I invite everyone to sit on the floor with me and I teach a module just as I would be teaching it to children. And I ask the inner children of these adults to come forward mm -hmm. and experience the module with me. And then after we bring out our manuals and we talk about it from a teacher's perspective, but I've discovered that I also need to allow time for everyone to process as well, because as people are going through the teacher training program, they're healing some of their own inner child stuff from when they were children. So it's the teacher training program ended up being um, having that additional element in it that I didn't anticipate at first, but now I feel so blessed and grateful to be able to hold space for adults wanting to learn how to do this work with children and they are going through their own healing process as they're doing it. It's a beautiful thing to witness. I'm just imagining myself there. Where are you located Ava, what I, do they take place? Well, I'm physically located in the state of Maine. Um, and what happened as Spirit Camp has grown over the last few years is I started teaching them in the state of Maine. And then I um, started taking them to other states. Mm. And prior to March of 2020, when the world shut down, yeah. um, I was actually traveling to a different city every week in my van 
and teaching a spirit camp in a different city or state every week of the summer, which is when I realized I need to have more people teaching this because I'm not going to be able to teach all the children in the world if I'm just doing this myself. And then voila, the the pandemic hit, the world shut down, and I had to learn how to do all of this online. So the silver lining for me with the pandemic was that I I kept thinking that this wouldn't be able to be taught online. It really needed to be uh, an in-person experience because of the depth of the work. And You know, my big lesson through the last year and a half has been that anything is possible and anything can be adapted if you are guided by Mm. spirit as I am. So Mm. I had to put my ego aside and (laughs) stop saying this can't be done online. Just look (laughs) to the information that I was being given about how it could be taught online. (laughs) So now I I feel like there's a much Mm. more global opportunity for this information and these teachings to be coming to children everywhere with this virtual format that now exists. I love when you say that anything is possible. So true. And uh, let me see if uh, I think I have a few more questions. So for you, a few more left here. So you teach children or everyone now, teens and adults, to learn to identify their inner dialogue. So breath work is part of your work, uh, mindfulness, guided meditations, tapping, EFT, affirmations, shamanism. Talk to me for a moment about that. Yeah, how do you integrate shamanism to these other techniques? Well, um, each day at Spirit Camp focuses on like a different main topic of the day. Yeah. And uh, Wednesday is the day that we typically learn or teach the children how to do shamanic journeying Mm. to be able to meet their power animal. And by far, that is the most exciting day of spirit camp for children (laughs) because then then they start to understand that they're not alone, even when they think they're alone, because they have spirit helpers. So this becomes a whole new uh, level of awareness for children and they, they learn how to, the technique of actually um, doing a shamanic journey um, with the drumming accompaniment that I do with them and they learn they, they learn how the, the technique of doing the shamanic journey to find their power animal and then they spend the rest of the day learning how to deepen that relationship with their power animal yeah and how to be able to look to that spirit helper for support when they need it. And, you know, I'll share a a story about a child who um, had a power animal that um, was a lion. And I didn't know that this child was being bullied at school. But, um, you know, when school started and he went to school, his mom asked him one day what school was like that day. And he said, fine. And she said, but what about recess? And he said, mom, recess is fine now. My lion goes to recess with me. He's got my back. And the mom said what happened that year Uh is because her child's experience of going to recess changed for him internally. It started changing his relationship with the people who were tormenting him. 
because he understood he had a spiritual ally that was with him on the playground and that started shifting everything for that child and there yeah and there's another story about this little girl who lost a family member when they in their sleep they passed away in their sleep and she was terrified to go to sleep because she felt like she would pass away in her sleep yeah So the mom and I talked about how we could encourage her to use the rattles she made at spirit camp to call in the essence of her power animal when it was time for lights out at night. And it just so happened um, that her power animal was an owl. And the child asked the owl to watch over her and to wake her up in the morning. Mm. And once she was able to hand that responsibility of waking her up in the morning over to her power animal, the owl, it completely shifted and relieved her anxiety. And the very first night her mom tried that with her, it worked. And everyone in the family was able to go back to having peaceful evenings and lights out at a reasonable hour because their child was no longer fighting going to sleep. So these are tools that, you know, many of us as adults might use some of these tools, but to my knowledge, there aren't many people or to my knowledge, there isn't like a full body of curriculum like this that has so many tools to give children to grow up with so that they are empowered to know that they've got tools to take care of themselves when they're struggling. Wow, I love that. I love all that, of course. Um, This is something that would be incredibly helpful to be taught in schools, like regular schools. Yeah, have you thought about it or proposed? Yes, um, I've had the experience of teaching Spirit Camp in uh, after-school programs. Yeah in uh, private schools. Yeah. Uh, there, in fact, the uh, Montessori, American Montessori Society gave a grant to the local Montessori school in my community. Um, it was the Ursula Thrush Peace Grant. And they brought in curriculum from Dancing Jaguar that would really support inner peace for the children in the school. And they had me do um, a workshop with each of the classrooms, with parents and with the staff, so that this inner peace curriculum could be shared with all aspects of the school at all the different levels. And uh, there's a public school in my state who's reached out and asked to have me submit proposals for bringing um, some of this typical like inner peace curriculum that I mentioned from the Montessori schools into public schools and as an after school program, as a high school program and um, as a train the trainer program. So it is starting to spread more and people are understanding that even though in the public schools, it may be hard to bring shamanic journeying into the public schools, (laughs) we certainly can bring in the modules that have to do with why a gratitude practice is so important and teach, you know, a lesson on gratitude and a lesson on affirmations. And there's an incredibly powerful lesson I teach on identifying your inner critic and your inner Mm -hmm. champion. And I've had children as young as seven years old draw a picture of their inner critic after we've done a, a fun little guided meditation to discover their inner critic. But this child that was seven wrote, or who was seven, wrote down these incredibly hurtful, harmful things that her inner critic was saying to her. 
But when we have insight into a child's inner dialogue by some of these modules that that we have the kids do with us, we can start working with those children at a young age to teach them how use by using some of the tools we share with them, how they can change their negative inner dialogue to more positive inner dialogue and introduce self-compassion and kindness. So I think that this is information that is so critical to the children of today. So as they're growing up into their teenage years, they have the ability to look inside and understand what's happening, whether it's um, with their emotions or with their thoughts and have tools and understand how to manage them so that they can um, healthier inner dialogue. I love, of course, everything, all the, the techniques that you teach and suggest, all these exercises, they all make a lot of sense to me. But I do love the shamanic journey for children because, as you said, they identify with that faster. I mean, we're dealing with animals. Children love, I mean, who doesn't really love animals? We all do. I mean, most of us. Yeah, and you're saying that this is not really something that is uh, realistic because public schools won't be open. You wouldn't, they wouldn't be open to that, unfortunately. What you said about um, when children feel like they're not alone, that is such a huge component of the being, because we are not alone. That is the truth. But it's very challenging to realize that. And the way you make that very real for children through the shamanic journey, that would be very helpful also in preventing suicide. We know how bad that is in this country, I mean, everywhere, really, but... Yes, but absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And that's why when this public school district reached out to me about doing a program with the teens, I was so excited about it. And, um, you know, I just want to mention that we're... um, Dancing Jaguar is also starting Dancing Jaguar's Academy, which is Mm -hmm. going to be, which is an online platform for kids to come and learn how to do some of these tools and techniques um, just as individual classes, like hour-long classes. And so we're creating um, a place for teens to come and feel safe and supported and heard and cared for and to learn how to start exploring their inner world um, in in a safe place. So hopefully that will spread as we expand those programs that we're offering as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Eva, for your work. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we do need that. So I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything before I do? Um, I don't think so. Um, just, I guess I would, yes. Um, that, you know, we do have fr- uh, preview calls about the teacher training program. If there's anyone in your listening audience who may be interested in learning more about that, they can go to our website and see the next date for the next virtual teacher training program. Yes. And the website is? Dancing Jaguar Inspirations. So a few more questions for you. Let me ask you this one. What is another word for healing? Another wholeness, I think. Yeah. That is the first one that would come to mind for me is wholeness. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? That it's unpredictable. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That, let's see, three things I know for life 
for sure. Okay. It's unpredictable. It's, it's an incredible, incredible journey. And it's all about love. Yes, yes, and yes. Thank you so much again for your presence, uh, the wisdom that you allow to flow through you and the work you do to help children in all of us, the children in us, to make this reality a, a more peaceful one. Thank you so much again, Eva. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Ava Goulet and her work, please visit dancingjaguarinspirations.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>